Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the curly to his Larry and Mo, Michael Howard. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> Something. Other catchphrase. I, I hit you on the head with my fist. I'll say it's a little bit more of a visual medium, I guess. Than yeah. The... Yeah. I Like, I just poked you in the eyes and then I like, kicked you down a ladder. I did the thing where I put my fist out and then I hit it and then it comes all the way around and hits you on the top of the head. Damn. Got me so good. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, uh, how are you? Have you that? I mean, we have a goof-filled start here. Have you had a, a goof-filled weekend? Yeah, I did. I had a good time out of uh, the old LDW Labor Day weekend. I was down oh, in sure. sure. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag LDW. You know, it's what the kids are saying nowadays. Yeah. So that reminds me, LDW. So it reminds me slight. I had a, like a counter argument for the FAQ fact mm-hmm. thing, and. I forgot most of it because I did think of it when I was very drunk on uh, on Labor Day. Um, but I do think someone someone else voted in the blog poll, which I think either tied us or put me over the edge for FAQ. But I remember it because I was drunk watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, mm-hmm. and Captain Holt uh, was going through like internet acronyms like BRB and LOL, and he's like, "What's the point of those? They don't." The same number of syllables as the phrase they're replacing, um, <laughs> which it made me think. It was like, okay, so those are obviously for keyboards. Right. Like it's just Correct. like much easier to type. Same with FAQ. So in my head, I just think FAQ instead of like I, I would never say fact, but I just like in my head that's like what I'm used to the acronym. Obviously, that's the point of the fucking acronym. I, it made more sense when I was <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I I bet it did. Yeah. But see, it is a it is a word. See, like you can't say you can't say burb. Like no one would know what that means. Right. Exactly. Like, but I, if you I, do say lol, people know what you mean. I hate them for like, it. Oh, I lolled. Oh no, raffle. I lolled out. I lolled out loud. I <laughs> raffle copter. God, fuck off. This show's done. <laughs> well, Michael, uh, did you do anything fun over uh, LDW? Yeah, I was uh, I was in Orlando visiting some family. We went out on the on the lake. Got a well, boat, you got, some jet skis. You got in while the the getting was good in Florida yes. before uh, old Hurricane Irma rolls yep. through. And then I I rolled right out. Yeah, smart. Uh, my family, my father mostly doesn't seem to want to evacuate, <laughs> even though he's directly in the uh, path of that big old storm. Yeah, that seems that seems bad. I mean, it's yeah. like the. The, one of the strongest hurricanes on record, I guess. I think it's like the strongest, and I don't know. It's kind of weird uh, the way they've like termed it. It's a it's the strongest non Caribbean uh, hurricane in the Atlantic Basin, which seems like an arbitrary distinction. <laughs> did like they it, let the did they let the baseball stats guys do the hurricane <laughs> stats? Because those are the that's where they come up with like the he's the first left hander since. You know, good old four finger Jack and stock to uh, hit a grounder to their left side and then run to second base. His batting average is shit, but his slugging <laughs> percentage is out of control. Um, so I, I do have to say that uh, I did see someone post Ermagerd. Yeah, I saw that. Too. And pretty good. It made me giggle for like a good four minutes. It's nice when we can preemptively make light of the destructive forces of this world. Like, he's like, yeah, you done good. That was a good goof. And you can only make that joke before the hurricane hits anybody. Like, yeah, right now, that can't be the, the front edge. page as it's hitting. You can't be like, Ermigerd. Unless you're the New York Post, then, no, then like, yeah. guarantee they will run that headline on like Sunday morning after it hits Florida. <laughs> <laughs> because those, it's the New York Post. Those insensitive New Yorkers. 
just the New York Post. Yeah, well. Um, well, Michael, last week we talked about one of the hottest new jams, which I think was hot garbage, uh, from Taylor Swift last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stumbled across a tune that I'd never heard, actually. I'll be honest with you. I think you had, you'd mentioned it to me. Just wanted to play you a, a quick clip of it, if you don't mind. You know this, you know the song? Is this Despacito? I think, I think that's what it's called. It sounds like a weird version of it. I had you. I had never heard that tune before. I know you talked um, about it. Yeah, you said the the Greek people loved it, which was interesting to me. People love it. Do you know that? I think if it stays at number one this week, it will break Mariah Carey and Michael Jackson's record for uh, most consecutive weeks at number one. That that exact song that you just played. No other version, (laughs) just that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man, Despacito. It's a it's a real club banger. I got to I got to give it that. I mean, you can't not dance to it yeah so i found that song michael uh obviously all-star but it's despacito um <laughs> because i read an article apparently uh smash mouth singer steve harwell was hospitalized last week in nashville oh no what happened yeah or memphis sorry uh, apparently he just uh, has cardiomyopathy uh and sometimes he just has to go to the hospital okay. so he's fine oh, Steve's so, okay so he's okay he just has a congenital heart problem no big deal yeah but so i immediately took to youtube and searched all-star but it's and uh found <laughs> f- no less than four versions of all-star but it's despacito i mean it makes sense yeah i'm not unhappy about, about it. it i'm not unhappy about it <laughs> so what do you got for me buddy <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so speaking of speaking of being drunk Mm -hmm. um you know i i bet everyone partook in some some alcoholic beverages this weekend because it was it was ldw are you about to uh explore a new way to funnel beer (laughs) i am not but we can afterwards i do have a follow-up okay I am about to tell you about a man who got so drunk that he forgot he sold his car. <laughs> well, we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, this, this New Zealander, this Kiwi man, he um he was out drinking quite a bit and he realized that he was out of money to continue mm-hmm. his drinking. And he thought to himself, I have this car that clearly I cannot use because I am too drunk to use it. Yeah, I should sell it. So that I get more money for drinking. Mm-hmm. Did he get a good deal on his uh, automobile? Uh, he sold it for about 800 New Zealand dollars, which is 440 pounds, it looks like. Which okay. doesn't seem like a very nice car. It doesn't say what kind of car it was. Mm-mm. So, I mean, that in and of itself is, I mean, that's pretty bad. That's a that's a hefty drinking tap, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But the next day, he reported the car stolen because he didn't remember he had sold his car because he then he drank. Yeah, he drank 440 he drank pounds so of much. alcohol after being already too drunk. Yeah. I will be honest. There, there's been like one time that I drank so much, I was surprised to find my car in the driveway mm. and like surprised and very disheartened and upset with myself. Um, I've, yeah, man, I've never even thought about selling anything that i own to drink more 
I've thought about buying a lot of things I shouldn't when I was drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we've talked about that before. I think I I told I admitted that I once bought Intel stock when I was drunk. <laughs> exactly. Like it's three hundred and fifty dollars worth. Um man, that's I don't want to say hey, hey, I don't far be it for me to judge. I think this guy might have a problem. Yeah. I mean he's <laughs> The guy ended up finding out that the car was stolen because the guy who who bought it found out it was stolen because the next day he decided to check a site, the site he bought the car from, which is called Car Jam, which is an <laughs> interesting name for a car website, because yeah. he was worried that it might be stolen because he bought a car for 440 pounds. But later, though, he was like, you know what, maybe maybe I shouldn't have bought that car from a drunk guy. <laughs> That's another thing. I want to know who, like, presumably at a bar, some guy who's also presumably borderline blackout drunk walks up to you and says, hey, I've got a fucking steal for you. <laughs> Hell of a deal. I'd like to sell you my car cash, please, right now. Let's go to the ATM. Who, what kind of person takes that deal? I mean, the only thing I can think is that he was drunk, too. Yeah. Or he just, he just needed a car. Or he bought like a BMW like three series for four hundred and forty pounds. It was like, hell yeah, fuck now, you idiot. Now we're talking. That's true. What kind of car would you buy from a drunk dude at a bar for four hundred and forty pounds? Also, like is a nineteen eighty three Civic. Is New Zealand like a very like cash only society? Because like when I don't have enough money on me to drink more, I just use my credit card and then future Michael gets to worry about that. Hmm. See, we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I assume this man didn't take credit cards. Although at this point, rather than offering him 440 quid cash, I'm sure the man could have just been like, hey, how about I cover your tab? You give me them keys. Hand me that title. Bye bye. <laughs> well, you know, the uh, the sergeant for the police station, um, he basically he got in, the guy got in contact with the police. And was like, hey, I think this guy sold me his car that he reported stolen. I I, to I swear I didn't steal it. Uh, and the sergeant's like, yeah, well, um, get in touch with this dude and, and sort it out between yourselves. Because I don't, I don't have time for this shit. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't know who deserves the car or the money back. Right? It's like, that guy did get, he used the money to buy at least presumably some booze. Well, like, And he, I mean... The guy sold him a car. Like, is right. being drunk, is that a defense against selling stuff? I would assume you can't. I'm no lawyer, but I assume you can't just, like, enter a sale. Or, I mean, it's not a contract, I guess, when you're hammered drunk, but <laughs> there's got to be some law, I mean, if, like, some sort of protection about, like, I'm not allowed to, one, pump you full of drinks, then convince me that, oh, you're out of money, so am I. <laughs> You should sell me your car for drink money. Look, like, all I'm that saying feels is a little if, predatory. Is if you can't sell stuff when you're drunk, then no used car sales sale has ever been up to snuff. Have you ever met a used car salesman that is sober? I mean, yeah, let's but be they're honest. not drunk. They're high on PCP. Mm, good point. Good point. That's why they're so aggressive. 
They will rip your heart out if you do not buy a car today. What can I do to put you in this car today? What can't I do to put you in this car today? I will physically fight you. I will, I will put rip your you, kid in half. I will put you in this car dead or alive. I will either put you in the driver's seat with the keys or I will crutch up your body really small and put it in the fucking glove compartment. But you're getting in this car. And let me tell you, I don't have a preference. <laughs> Either way, I feel good at the end of the day. I do need more money for PCP, so I'm going to need you to at least give me 440 pounds. <laughs> at Please. least. But if it's only that, I'm definitely still putting you in the trunk. Somebody will have to find you later and let you out. Yeah. Speaking of horrifying things putting you in a trunk, Michael, um, I read a story about how the World Clown Association has revealed that legitimate clowns are very upset about the movie It because the terrifying depiction of Pennywise the Clown has starting ha started to cost them work. You know, I remember hearing about legitimate clowns being upset about the clowns coming out of the woods in South Carolina, and I still don't understand... You know, I asked this last time about the clowns only showing. Like, did you have to show your clown license? And I said it as a joke, but like... Are they implying that legitimate clowns have some kind of like union or licensing structure or? So there is legitimately a World Clown Association, which at this point, I don't know which I'd rather go to least the World Clown Association or like the World College of Exorcists. Um, they both seem like a bad time. This sounds um, like the the magician soci society from uh, Arrested Development, though. We demand to be taken seriously. <laughs> Um, so I will say, so there's a quote, so the World Clown Association president, Pam Moody, whose alter ego, Sparky the Firefighter Clown, helps educate kids on fire safety in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, she's been upset with Mr. Stephen King, uh, as far back as 1980, uh, when his, his book, or maybe not 80, uh, sorry, introduced the concept of the evil clown to pop culture with his novel, and then the 1990 television adaptation. I'm sorry, but as much as Stephen King might have damaged the clown brand, kids and everyone have been found finding clowns creepy since, like, the birth of the clown. Clowns well, have always been creepy, right? Yes, yes. I mean, and they weren't little kids things back in the day. Like, it, it was, it started out with, like, weird-ass mimes and shit. Yeah. Also, also John Wayne Gacy... <laughs> Damaged yeah. clowns. Okay, <laughs> don't don't put that on Stephen King. <laughs> I can't imagine that the first time anyone was ever scared of a clown was after reading it because those things are fucking creepy. Yeah, I mean, clowns, mimes, like honestly, anyone who in a professional like entertainment fashion wears dollops of makeup on their face is just bad. Like, let's say white plus any other color makeup on their face is a bad person. <laughs> And like even uh fucking the greatest show on earth, which came out in like the fifties, Jimmy Stewart literally plays a clown who's also a murderer. Like, sure, he's a nice clown, but he was previously a murderer. Right. And like, aren't the early clowns like modeled after like the whole hobo sad clown thing where they're like just homeless dudes who ride the rails? Like Well, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but like that's not a why did somebody think like, oh, kids are gonna love this? These drifters who ride the rails from town to town, possibly murdering and hopping on the rails again. Yeah. This no. seems like a great idea for children. Yeah. I, 
I, I don't know where clowns get off saying that someone else has ruined their image. Like, I get being upset that, like, oh, man, the murder clown in the horror movie is, like, hurting my brand. You hurt your brand a long time ago by being a clown. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to, like, disparage someone's hobby. Or job. Or job. But, fuck, man, clowns are creepy. Yeah, sorry. You know? Yeah, I, I, I can't feel like, help yeah, it. sure. I'm sure clowns bring people joy. Sometimes they they try to entertain, but like you have to accept that the other side of that co- that coin is that sometimes they hide under people's beds and come out at night, or just step out of the woods as you're driving through the forest. Like sometimes clowns do that. That's part of the brand. You got to own that, you clown bastard. Uh, hey, speaking of um, children being sent the wrong message, uh, have you ever heard of Peppa Pig? uh yeah uh it's a cartoon yeah about a pig uh, so apparently they had an episode where peppa comes across a, a cute little spider friend mm-hmm. and she gets very very scared and her dad tells her don't worry about it it's that spiders are very small and they can't hurt you and then she decides that's great we're all gonna have tea with mr skinny leg which is what she calls the the spider which is, sure. I think, is a pretty good thing. Like, um, you don't want your kids to have irrational fears of things that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time are not going to hurt them. Like frogs, sure, exactly. But sometimes the problem is that we exported this Peppa Pig show over to Australia. Ooh, yeah, I can see how uh, telling kids to not worry about spiders might. Uh... Cause some problems. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the Australians got a little upset at a show aimed at their children telling them, oh, don't worry about it. You can play with these spiders because, you know, about 12,600 people are admitted to the, are, uh, to the hospital with spider bites like every decade in Australia. So, oh my God. Okay. So, one, so I found an article about this. Apparently, this is the second time. Mm-hmm. That this episode has been pulled from the air. Um, I don't know if this is true or not because it's an ad on The Guardian. Um, but it's just a thumbnail picture with a headline. In Australia, colon, giant spider carrying a mouse is horrifying and impressive. What in the fuck? You're trying to tell a child that a spider that can pick up a rat and carry it around is that no big deal. It's probably fine. I mean, I'm looking at the picture of Mr. Skinny Legs, though, and he's pretty adorable. Pretty cute. I mean, he's basically just a smiley face with eight legs. Right. I mean, to be fair, Peppa Peppa the pig is not a very um, intricately drawn cartoon. No. So again, it is a smiley face with eight <laughs> legs. Yeah. I mean, so one in any other like nation, I would say that the message that you shouldn't fear spiders, although playing with them, maybe maybe uh, a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. Spiders do a, a a the Lord's work, killing mosquitoes mm-hmm. and literally everything else. Most places, spiders are fine. Don't fear them. Maybe don't play with them. In Australia, where everything on that continent is evolved to kill you and everything else, I don't think there's a safe message to say about any child, uh, to any child about any animal in that godforsaken wasteland. Mm -hmm. The message should be, I don't trust nobody. Like, don't touch anything. Oh, shit, the spiders can swim and are venomous. Don't go in the water. Don't go in the trees. Don't go outside. Actually, don't stay inside. That's full of spiders. Get the <laughs> fuck out of Australia. You're trapped in the house with the spider if you go inside. Fuck. Oh, but if you go outside, they can drop on you from the fucking sky. 
and they can swim. Did I mention they can swim? <laughs> yeah, I, I've always thought about going to Australia, but then, like, literally everything there is meant to kill you and everything around it. Everything is hyper. Even fucking kangaroos are just there to punch you in the dick. We all know it. No one says it, but we all know it. Just a spider just comes out. He rolls up his little his little leg into a fist and he punches you right in the dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kush. Yes. I'm sorry. But on the side of this story that I was reading about Peppa the pig. Oh, God. There, under the most popular, <laughs> there was a headline that I could not, not click. I'm going to I'm read not- I'm going to read I'm not it to you excited right now. I'm not excited about it. Tinder date. Trapped Still. in window while trying to retrieve her own poo. Well, Michael, I'm glad you brought it up because it was actually my next story. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a woman on a Tinder date became stuck hanging upside down from a window while allegedly trying to retrieve her own poo. Yeah. And not we're to- not talking about Winnie the. No. Actual, literal poop. Mm-hmm. Um, so the man in- involved in this date, Mr. Liam Smith from Bristol, England, has started a GoFundMe <laughs> to uh, gather funds to replace his window, uh, about $400, <laughs> because a hey, group I know of where firemen- you can get $400. You just got to sell whatever that car was. Yeah. <laughs> Find a drunk new, uh, find a drunk Aussie. Nope, sorry. Find a drunk Kiwi and, uh, take, take his title to his car. <laughs> um, so firemen had to come destroy the window to save this girl. So. Oh my God. So here's a quote from the, from the GoFundMe. So I believe this was a first date. He doesn't quite clarify, but here, this is from the GoFundMe. After our, our meal, re- we repaired back to my house for a bottle of wine and a Scientology documentary. <laughs> About an in, uh, sorry, about an hour into Louis Thoreau and and Chill, my date got up to use the toilet. She returned with a panicked look in her eye and told me that she had something to tell me. I went for a poo in your toilet, she told me, and it would not flush. I don't know why I did this, but I panicked. I reached into the toilet bowl, wrapped it in tissue paper, and threw it out the window. (laughs) And then... They, uh, Liam looked outside because his bathroom window doesn't really lead outside. It leads to a crawl space. Oh, so the, no. So the poop didn't really go anywhere. Oh, boy. Um, so Liam went to get a hammer to break the window so they could get the poop and clear it out. And then she, apparently being an amateur gymnast, convinced she could reach out the window, pull it out, um, using an inside out bag as a glove like any dog owner is mm, used to. Yep. And then she got stuck. Hanging head down along the window, presumably with poop directly beneath her face. <laughs> um, this picture is incredible. So after 15 minutes of being hung upside down, he called the police, the, the fire department. They came and broke out the window um, after they'd stopped laughing. <laughs> and I got to tell you, there's a lot about this story that I just can't fathom. First of all, Going to use, going to take a shit in someone's bathroom on like a first Tinder date is beyond the pale of like human interaction to me. Like, I can't even begin to. Maybe she's got a nervous tummy. You know, she's nervous about that first date. They want, they want to go get some delicious, very rich food. Mm. And she was like, Oh no, I don't want the date to end. 
but I gotta take this poo real quick. Gotta take a quick pee. Um, yeah, may- I mean, maybe it was the half bottle of wine she had back at Liam's house. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the fact they were watching a, a uh, Scientology documentary. No one loves that. But yeah, I shit, man. I've been dating uh, my girlfriend for six months. I still haven't gone in her in her house. <laughs> I refuse to. But that's, I mean, that's not fair. You need like home court advantage. True. Yeah. So, and you only go like once a week. I go when I go. You don't judge me. Don't, don't you <laughs> I'm dare. Just saying, you can't judge someone else. Yeah. You know. I mean, one of my uh, one of my old roommates, Dave, one of our good friends, he goes like four or five times a day. It's shocking. I don't know how he lives. I don't know. I don't know how he finds the time to be in the bathroom that long. <laughs> I just, I can't. Hmm. I've never been in this situation. But I can't imagine that my first reaction would be like, I'm going to reach in the toilet and throw the poo out the window. That would have been like reactions one through 85 would not have been reach into the toilet and pull this poop out. No, like what? Why not just try to find a plunger, first of all? Especially reach in with toilet paper. Yeah, like, it's just paper. That's not, you may as well just reach in with your shirt or something. Or, like, find a bag, which is what they did eventually. Like, oh, God, I can't even. Yeah, I mean, at no point would I. This just tells me that Liam does not have a uh, plunger next to his toilet. Yeah. That's the real problem. That's true. Trying to find a picture of Liam and I can't do it. No, I just <laughs> there's just a picture of this woman just hanging. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see a picture of Liam if so I can judge if she was just trying to escape outside. <laughs> <laughs> because I got to imagine the guy, the kind of guy who takes one takes a girl home to watch a Scientology documentary on like a first date. What the probably hell? wearing a fe- probably wearing a fedora. What the hell is Louis Thoreau and chill? Well, like Netflix and chill. Well, I get that, but what is Louis Thoreau? Louis Thoreau is, according to Google, uh, is a uh, documentary maker. Oh, okay. Who made my Scientology movie? I kind of figured that uh, when he mentioned Scientology, uh, the Scientology documentary, they were talking about going clear, going clear yeah. which was great, the mm-hmm. good book, but. Um, yeah, no, they're gonna watch uh, my Scientology movie, which looks bad. But like, and then um, he just wait, and then he set, and then he set up a GoFundMe as if this wasn't embarrassing enough for this woman. Yeah, I mean, also looking at this, looking at this window, what in the world would make her think that she could climb through there and grab a poo and then so get she's out? A, she's an amateur, uh, amateur gymnast. I don't give a shit. Like this window, like. <laughs> She's not even anywhere near where the poo is yet. And she is full on, like, up to her waist through this window. Yeah, because I think she was trying to escape. I think you're right. Well, I'm looking up the uh, the menu of the place that he took her, because it says on the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, Michael, now we're, there, now we're talking. So uh, he took her to a place called Nando's in uh, in Bristol. And uh, it appears is to it be Nando's some Perry kind of... Perry? In Nando's Perry Perry, oh, yes, indeed. Peruvian chicken. That place is delicious. Yeah. So maybe she just had a pretty spicy meal. They do have some had, spicy chicken there. Yeah, seemed to have a spicy butthole and uh, had to go real fast. But here's the but, thing: if you have a spicy butthole, poop that is mm-hmm. not solid enough to reach in and grab it and throw it out a window with toilet paper. No, Can, cannot stress that enough. No. Just a big old hand of, of TP. 
Michael, what was the prices like at Nando's? I'm I'm very curious what this day was like. Uh, I mean, it's it's a place that we used to go for lunch. It's it's kind of like you order at the counter and then they bring it to your table. I don't know if it's different in Bristol. So some pretty fast casual. But it's yeah, it's like fast casual. Liam. I mean, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not a nice place. Oh, Michael, guess what? It's delicious. What? You want to know who's at the Chicago Nando's right now? Oh, it just opened today. And Chance the Rapper's there. Fuck, I saw there was a bunch of, uh, it just opened. It's literally across the street from my office, and there was a bunch of uh, news trucks out there. And I was like, okay, there's a Nando's, like, ten minutes away that's been open forever. That's not that big of a deal. But I guess if Chance was going to be there. Well, so from Nando's USA on Twitter, it's like, if you like Chance the Rapper on the mic, you'll love him on the grill at Michigan Avenue, which kind of sounds like they're going to cook and eat Chance the Rapper. (laughs) Sounds like a pretty bad time for Chance. (laughs) Everyone's going to have the hunger. Uh, So they're making Chance cook for them? Sounds like Hmm. it. Okay, so it all sounds like she was trying to escape Liam, but also had to stop for a quick twosie but on the way on their way out the window she realized she could just leave him with a very bad turn in the toilet i'm I'm starting to think she tried to escape and didn't realize that it just and like goes into a crawl space and not not outside then she did it again you think she went for a second round and then got like double (laughs) like very stuck (laughs) like i don't i don't know i feel like she should have just if she was going to take it out, she should have just put it in the in the top of the toilet tank and then just been like, I, I was playing it. I was playing a prank on you. I just yeah, upper sorry, decked sorry it. for the upper decker. Maybe take me to a nicer dinner, Liam. <laughs> Fuck you think I am. I mean, it does say he's a University of Bristol student. So, yeah, he was like 24. Yeah. So he can get away with some fast casual. I think my yeah. first day with my college girlfriend was to Moe's. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say me and Rachel, you know, we bonded over. Our, our mutual love of Moe's. So. Yeah. That Tomatia salsa. What's mm-hmm. up? All right, Michael, what else you got for me? So this story is incredible. And I'm going to start by reading the headline because I'm pretty sure that the headline alone is all you need to know. But we'll go into detail. But First Amendment protects cinema's right to show unicorn masturbation scene while serving alcohol, says Judge. Good. Good. You think when you masturbate a unicorn, it comes from the from the dick or the horn? Well, this particular scene was, um, I don't know if you remember the credit scene of Deadpool, mm-hmm. where he is masturbating a unicorn horn. And it comes from the horn. And it comes yeah. from the horn. So maybe they can get it from both? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess if you want to come rainbows from the horn, but if you just want to, you know... <laughs> Just normal, unicorn. just normal, just unicorn normal, <laughs> normal, magical unicorn comments. Yeah, it's coming from that. Which day. tastes like cotton candy. Oh, yeah. Oddly enough. Yeah. Oh, hmm. huh. So anyway, that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, this comes from the wonderful and very progressive state of Utah. But apparently they have a law on the books. Um that is enforced by the Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control that says that you can't serve alcohol um, at like a basically a a theater, an ad- adult film theater. Sure. But okay. it's pretty broad um, in that it says basically anything that, you know, shows acts of sodomy or oral copulation or genitals or whatever is basically considered a nudie film to them. 
and this particular wow. movie theater serves beer. And so, so and so the only problem they had with Deadpool was jerking off a unicorn in the end credits. Well, they had a lot more than that. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> in order to bust this case wide open, two cops went to the movie theater. This movie theater called Broovies, by the way, which is pretty good, I think. Yeah, that's odd. So these two cops went to the movie theater, they ordered beers, and then they watched Deadpool. They ordered Bud Lights and watched Deadpool. And Officer Sean Cannon in the crime report noted numerous violations of the public morals clause, pointing out the main character in the film is shown on his back under bedsheets, briefly engaged in masturbation or simulated masturbation using a stuffed unicorn toy. <laughs> Cannon included in his report, in the final credits, a drawing of the main character, male, is shown as he rides on the back of a unicorn, he rubs its horn briefly until the horn shoots out rainbows, parenthetical, simulating orgasm. <laughs> the tail of no, the unicorn raises slowly. No mention of him getting pegged by uh, Marina Baccarin. Oh, no, that, uh, that's coming. <laughs> oh, okay. For International Women's Day. <laughs> uh, sorry, Canon, Canon's review continued. The main character in the film is shown numerous times engaging in acts or simulated acts of sexual intercourse with the female counterpart during a counterpart during a holiday themed sex montage. Um, he goes through this some guy's so clinical about yeah, it. They, he goes through like some things. <laughs> he is then shown behind her while she's on her hands and knees engaged in sexual intercourse or simulated sexual intercourse. This guy's review is like the most boring episode of How Did This Get Made of All Time. <laughs> During the holiday-themed sex montage, it shows the main character, male, nude, on his hands and knees on a bed while a woman wearing a leather bikini with a strap-on penis that isn't shown. <laughs> then the camera much, cuts to Much his to face. this officer's disappointment. <laughs> then the camera cuts to his face. He is sweating and grimacing as she says to relax before the scene ends. <laughs> This, this guy took some pretty detailed this. notes. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's, that's some solid note taking. This is like the worst erotica I've ever read in my life. Ooh. Well, Michael, hold that thought. Um, because I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you to that oh, punch. Oh, no. Um but uh man, I I love that he brought a friend to the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kinda wish that they were two cops from like one from like the sheriff's department, one from like the police department, and then like both busted each other for like going to this movie like that would have been great um i like that he brought a friend and took like detailed detailed notes yeah like was he did he have a a notebook did anyone find he, it odd that this dude was just like drinking a beer and had a notebook for all of the sex scenes i kind of hope he had like a recording device that he just like took out of his jacket every once in a while i was like uh so main character is uh receiving uh Anal sex via strap-on from a nice young lady. Uh, no, uh, it, would be, it would be simulated sodomy is what he would call it. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's for the report. He's got to clean it up. <laughs> he, he's getting a penis right in his b-hole. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, as far as, like, your job that day goes, like, if you just got to take a buddy to the movies and drink beers on, like, the government dime and then, like, rat out a movie theater for showing, like, a funny sexual comedy like <laughs> it's not a bad day at the office for all yeah. things considered i mean you'll you'll be happy to know though that the uh the federal court basically said that they're they didn't do anything wrong and that the law was too uh widely encompassing i guess 
So, so Bruvy still stands. Yeah, huh? Bruvy doesn't have to pay the fine. Well, Michael, let me tell you about a little another erotic novelist, uh, Mr. Elijah Daniel. Okay, he was recently, very recently, and very quickly the mayor of Hell, Michigan. Okay. Would you care to guess what he did to get impeached? <laughs> did he stage a stage production of one of his erotic novels as the holiday show at a children's pageant? Um, no, and thank Christ he didn't because, <laughs> Michael, would you, uh, would you like me to... Uh... Read an excerpt from one of his erotic novels? How about While I, I tell masturbate you, this unicorn? Sure. Would you? Here's the title of Daniel's debut erotic novel, Trump Temptations, The Billionaire and the Bellboy. Oh, no. Oh, God. So wait, was he mayor before he started this writing career? No, he so. So let me give you a little background on uh, Elijah Daniel. So he once led an online White House petition to get Miley Cyrus's song Party in the USA to become the U.S. national anthem. Okay, um, I am on board with that. It's yeah. way better than our current one. Yeah. I, and yeah, much I'm, less racist. Well, I wouldn't say much less, but like at least a little bit less racist. Yeah. Um. So in 2016, Dan- Elijah Daniel stated on Twitter that he was going to get drunk and write an erotic novel starring Donald Trump, uh, inspired by a tweet which said the user wished to perform a sex act on Bernie Sanders. So he wrote this as a parody of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Um, so after and he didn't Trump call got it elect- 50 shades of orange, he should have, he really, he yeah, dropped the ball now. So after Trump got elected, his, uh, his book obviously blew up because why the fuck not? <laughs> um, so apparently, uh, so hell Michigan is an unincorporated town, uh, halfway between, uh, Jackson and Detroit, which I don't know where Jackson is or really Detroit when you think about it. <laughs> um, but apparently Hell, George, or Hell, Michigan, will allow you to be mayor for one hundred dollars. What? So he caught a red eye and got sworn in. Wait, wait, and wait, wait, wait! Can yes, I be Michael. mayor of Hell, Michigan? You got a hundred bones lying around? Yeah. Is there a waiting list, or do I just show up with a hundred dollars? I'm pretty sure you can just show up with a hundred bones. How long does that get me to be mayor? Well, in the case of Elijah Daniel, um, very short because <laughs> um. His first act as uh, as mayor was to uh, <laughs> declare a proclamation that outlawed heterosexuals living in hell and required them to pay an $84,000 precautionary procreation deposit <laughs> and offering heterosexual reparative therapy and demanding that all nonconforming heteros wear a scarlet H and cargo shorts daily. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, every day, uh, Elijah Daniel mandated that there would be straight shaming ceremonies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Here's a quote. So what did he do to get impeached? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> that all seems that all seems right to me. <laughs> so I'm not sure of the veracity of this statement, but as Daniel told Huff, the Huffington Post, my ban is a copy and paste of Trump's Muslim ban, but with heterosexuals instead. <laughs> Some do very closely mirror that that executive order, um, but I'm just gonna read it. I don't a, remember a the Muslim shaming part of the Muslim ban, but yeah. I get where he's coming from. 
<laughs> we will be offering a heterosexual reparative therapy program for hetero residents who would like to denounce their heterosexuality and become gay like the rest of the town. The therapy is not mandatory for heterosexual residents, but it is highly encouraged as all hetero residents who do not participate in reparative therapy will be required to wear a scarlet H and meet in the town center at 5.30 a.m. wearing cargo shorts every morning to be publicly straight shamed. <laughs> Together we will make hell great again. Uh, yep, I'm... Can we be co-mayor? Or, like, how yeah. does that work? I think we can split the mayorship. So is it, like, you pay $100 and then you get to be mayor until someone else pays $100? Or, like, is there a term limit? Or, like, if I just keep... It if, if it is, is it, like, at the arcade where if I just keep shoving money into the machine, I get to stay there forever? I think it might be a one-day kind of thing, So which which means his impeachment was kind of ceremonial mm. at best. But, uh, hold on, let, let's check this out. Let me do Okay, a so $100 a day times 365 days, that's $36,500 a year to be mayor. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's kind of hmm. not bad. Yeah, I mean... Michael, what would your, uh, what would your first uh, act as mayor of Hell, Michigan be? Oh, I mean, that's tough but i would i would have to recoup my money okay yeah so here here it is michael you can elect yourself or someone else's this makes a great gift for those who have everything be forewarned service well or we will impeach you the same day so okay yeah so our full day term mayor of hell receives horns a t-shirt mug badge wallet card property ownership in hell along with dirt from hell Proclamation certificates for being mayor and for being impeached. Your name all over hell, and of course, mail our duties. Which okay, so obviously you can't do much as uh, as mayor of hell. I actually really appreciate a town that has absolutely nothing else going on for it, trying to like doing this to raise revenue. I mean, unlike that's a pretty good like I mean, tourist like, trap Wal- type thing. Yeah, unlike Waldo, Florida, which just hands out speeding tickets like candy. Like this place is actually like trying to. Have fun with it. Yeah, I mean, if you're already called hell, might as well have a good time. Yeah. You know? I think I would give dogs the power to vote Ooh. and then, then make them elect me again forever. Yes. And then I would pass a law that says I'm the only person who understands dogs. Yeah. And they all say they want me all the time. I might also form a militia and then take over all of hell and then incorporate it into Cushington. Mm. Because then then you can't impeach me, because now I have a fucking army, and fuck you, hell. You're my town now. The dogs would be on the militia, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd strap a couple guns to each of them. No big deal. (laughs) The Second Amendment protects my right to have a well-regulated dog militia. Yeah, arm these dogs. Um, Michael, I I talked to you a little... This uh, this feels, like, very apropos, um, given that story, but we talked a little bit about... uh, New ways to chug beer. I sent you a video. This might be the dumbest way to drink a beverage I've ever seen in my life. Um, so, oh God, I hate you, Microsoft Edge. Why do you suck so bad? <laughs> I just, Billy Buck Roscoe, all American. Yeah, Michael, would you care to break down what's happening uh, in this, just in the thumbnail of this video? <laughs> well, so I opened it up, uh, and I see I see what I assume is Billy Buck Roscoe wearing a very tight fitting USA drinking team uh, tank top. Yep, with uh, American flag suspenders. Yes, with American flag suspenders. 
And Michael, and why is the, why is the uh, jersey tight on him? Uh, well, he's he's a he's a big man wearing a very small shirt, wearing wearing a an adult medium at best sure uh i see a, a a young man with what looks to be part of a fishbowl on his head it looks to me like a cheese ball tin oh, that's been yeah. cut in half yep. and then duct taped around his head yes and he's got goggles on and a swim cap and mr billy buck roscoe uh he has a tube going from this poor man's cheese ball container uh that he is holding much like you would hold the tube for a beer bong it does also look like the tube is taped to the side of this young man's head yes and the and somebody looks like they're about to pour in a whole carafe of what i assume is beer into this poor man's cheese ball some kind of diving apparatus makeshift thing yeah is billy uh, buck roscoe gonna drink out of this man's head Almost exactly correct, Michael. <laughs> yes. And so they pour probably trust a trust chug. They call it the trust chug. Oh, because can... he can't breathe until Billy Buck drinks it all? Yes, I cannot stress it at, at oh. home. Please do not try this at home. Fuck. <laughs> this is not a tilt endorsement. It's just a fun video. Um, yeah, so they pour a solid three quarters of a gallon of beer in into this like little cheese ball container fish tank um and billy buck roscoe takes like a lot longer than i would expect to drink this thing for the size of him yes yeah also uh, i don't know if you noticed but behind him there seems to be a like, stone cold steve austin yeah, so like a foot and a half tall stone cold steve austin doll with with what looks like an american flag hat yep holding i think small beer cans <laughs> yes entirely possible yeah. Uh and what looks like the Budweiser logo but it's ri- it says American instead. Yeah, it's Okay, so he called the gentleman being given the, having the beer poured into his face T-Buck. And then he called the the gentleman behind him Timbuktu. And he's Billy Buck Roscoe. Yeah. Are these his sons? I can only imagine that they must be, because who else would trust this fucking idiot to do anything that involved him having to drink beer to make sure that I did not die? Yeah, I guess if you kill your kid with a fun little drinking stunt, it's probably forgivable. But if you murdered someone else's kid, someone's <laughs> going to come after you. <laughs> right? <laughs> I will say also, uh, old T-Buck here, who, I mean, I can understand his panic. Um, yeah, he's taking a long time to drink it. Takes a long time. A solid way too long. Solid twenty seconds. And I will say though, I- I'm not the best at holding my breath, but like T Buck is like gasping for air here after like fifteen yeah. seconds. He didn't practice. Yeah. He's no David Blaine, that's for sure. And also there's a lot of beer left at the bottom of that thing. Uh Billy Buck Roscoe didn't even drink the whole dang thing. Yeah, but the next video he- is eight beers in under a minute, which doesn't seem that impressive. No, I can do that. I can do that right now. See, I would trust you to drink like three quarters of a gallon of beer to make sure I didn't die. Because I've seen you. I've seen you throw throw a few down. I don't have many skills in this life, but speed chugging is one of them. And somehow I still maintain that skill. I don't really know how or why, but uh, I don't mind. Oh my God. He has a video called Two Four Locos in 40 Seconds. Now this I have to see. Please send it to me immediately. Because that that alone guarantees Billy Buck Roscoe has diabetes. 
Like, if I couldn't guess just by looking at him, that Garen damn tease it. Oh, man, he is looking rough. Just in the thumbnail of this video. Oh, he pours it. Oh, man, that's... That's... Hey, how's this audio audio medium doing for everyone at home? (laughs) This is American Ingenuity. He cracks open the four local can, and he he has cut the bottom off of a two-gallon milk jug. So he can oh, pour the four loco into the milk jug and drink it like he's drinking a whole gallon like of milk. That just seems like he's dealing with the inefficiencies of e- liquid exiting two different containers. Yeah, but the I mean, I can imagine if you're trying to drink a four loco in 20 seconds, you know, the can the can opening just isn't big enough. I guess, but I mean, one, don't come at me telling me how to drink four locos in under 20 <laughs> seconds, Michael. Um, but God. Can you imagine if your job was to just sit at home all day making videos of you drinking bad drinks at home? Shit. This man has we're this doing man has the 4000 This man has 4000 subscribers on YouTube. What the fuck are we doing wrong? I don't know, but I mean, clearly we should be doing some videos. Yeah, because okay. these people are doing a four loco boot challenge. All right, Michael, how dumb can we get on YouTube? <laughs> Pretty dumb, I bet. Pretty dumb. The problem is that I feel like anything you can think of that's just absolutely ridiculous, somebody has already done it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm drinking. I'm watching a video called uh, Saturdays Are For The Boys, starring Billy Buck Roscoe, and someone has just dropped a, oh God, he just stabbed a Heineken mini keg with a screwdriver and then put it to his face. <laughs> Okay, I think I've had it all about enough. Oh Jesus, he just hit a keg with a with a pickaxe, and then he just oh he's chugging from it. What a goddamn animal! What a wasteful pig this guy is. Dude, he does. He has thirty nine hundred subscribers. That's absurd. Oh God. Um. Well, Michael, I guess uh, we talked a little bit about hurricanes earlier. Um. Let me tell you a little bit about a, a, a beloved brand here in Atlanta and uh, probably, I guess, on on Twitter also, uh, Waffle House. Mm. Are you familiar with them? Yes. Um, so I've never been a huge fan of their food just because uh, one time when I was on a family road trip, uh, the waitress at the bar, it was like a late night meal, probably like a, like midnight. She just farted right in front of us. on it, like So I just kind of like got soured on the Waffle House brand. But So you, I mean, you didn't order smothered and covered and... Well, I did, and then she farted, and then I didn't really want to eat the smothered and covered because I figured she had, and I smelled what she was dealing with, and uh, wasn't wasn't interested in a pooping out the window getting stuck situation. So, um, kind of just called it called it a day. But uh, Michael, what would I what would you say if I told you Waffle House is a special operations team? Um, I mean, it makes that they sense. De- that they deploy in case of emergency. Oh, like a deployable special ops team, like a Waffle yes. House six situation. Yes, a Waffle Team six. Waffle Team six. Uh, <laughs> what what type of situation would these be used for? Like, oh man, we heard somebody needs waffles. They show up at your house. Syrup force. Um, no, actually. So obviously, uh, after Hurricane Harvey, uh, you know, people needed food. There's a lot going on. Uh. Two Waffle House locations in Houston closed. I'm surprised it was only two. 
Um, but uh, Waffle House tells its customers that it never closes, mm-hmm. and it feels a special obligation to stay open even under the most severe weather conditions, so people can get food, which requires a lot of planning. So Waffle yeah, didn't House the director has... of FEMA like say something about like the Waffle House index. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how they, that's exactly that's how they they rate the uh, severity of disasters and emergencies. If Waffle House is closed, we're all fucked. Mm-hmm. So apparently, Waffle House has special jump teams. <laughs> which are restaurant managers from Ohio, Tennessee, and Georgia who head to Houston to keep the girls going and then even doing shifts uh, for the storm-stranded local employees. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Yeah. So basically, Waffle House has its own version of SEAL Team 6 to just go and murder hunger wherever it sleeps. It, look, I like you said, uh, I've never been a big fan of the Waffle House food, except when I'm really drunk, because then I want some of those hash browns and a waffle and basically anything else I can I can order off the menu. But that makes me like them even more. Yeah. Like they uh, understand what the people need in times of trouble. That's exactly so Pat Warner, the director of external affairs at Waffle House, just said, To be honest, we just cook bacon and eggs. But sometimes you need bacon and eggs. <laughs> well yeah, I mean shit, when you when you don't know where your next meal's coming from because your house is completely flooded and you know you you your food's all spoiled and everything's closed and you see that yellow sign lighting Fuck up yeah. the night bacon and eggs sounds fucking incredible sounds very good um yeah i just love that they can deploy like a rapid response team just to <laughs> they helicopter them in they fucking rappel down we've been training for seven months that's like, it, all right michael it's kind of no, great sorry. i did read a uh there was a a map i saw where it was talking about like where it was like Waffle House versus IHOP. Mm-hmm. And it was like basically along the Mason-Dixon line was where, you know, you, you get from Waffle House being the majority to to IHOP. I got to say, I think they're both hot trash. So, um, <laughs> but I, did, I didn't see IHOP uh, flying in and Blackhawks no, to uh, save the no, day in Houston. So not. fuck off. I'm going to, well, I'm not going to Perkins either. So Waffle House it is. <laughs> All right, Michael, what you got for me? You want to close this out? Yeah, I got a, I got a fun little FML. Okay. Close out. Today, it's been six months since my coworker's father passed away. And ever since then, for some reason, he has only been communicating to others using a marionette puppet. While I do still feel sorry for him, I'm beginning to be a bit annoyed and even more concerned for his mental well-being. FML. I would not be annoyed or <laughs> concerned. I would be fucking terrifying yep. like hey craig can you cope with your shit please yeah like six months i would not put up with that for six fucking hours like i know everyone handles and processes grief in different ways but oh but i don't know if nope you need to stay away from work until you can communicate with people like a normal human being and not through a marionette fucking Annabelle doll. Get the fuck away from me, Craig. Yeah, I, no, I. Where the fuck haunted, do you work that you can do this? Haunted dolls are for real. I mean, I, I would say, first of all, a marionette requires way too much dexterity mm-hmm. and doesn't actually have like a mouth really to speak. Uh, Like you're just controlling like very floppy arms and legs. 
Why don't you give me like a sock puppet? Give me like a Kermit. That's Something true. Cool. It doesn't say he's talking. It says he's communicating through a marionette. So is the marionette just doing like, like dance numbers? Inter- interpretive dance? Like, oh, Craig, what? Fuck, Craig. Craig. Craig, when will that report be on my desk? <laughs> Craig, I don't. Fuck, Craig, I when? Don't know I just what need. That means. Fuck, Craig, I'll do it myself. God damn it. Fucking shh. Go, well, go home. Seriously, Craig. like, how do you not get fired? Unless you work at a marionette puppet store. <laughs> That's like the only unless, reasonable unless explanation for this. Unless you're a quality assurance analyst on the marionette, the marionette puppet like assembly line. Like, <laughs> no, Craig, sorry. Uh, what was that movie a couple years ago where, I don't know, not Kevin Spacey, but someone like, oh, Mel Gibson only communicated with a beaver puppet. What Remember that? in the shit are you talking about? There's Mel Gibson, beaver. So he just had a he just made a beaver say beaver. <laughs> he just made a beaver say racist stuff for two hours. <laughs> beaver Southler just yelled about the Jews. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, he was a troubled husband, and he adopted a beaver hand puppet as his sole means of communication. Okay, no, no, yeah, it's got sixty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Jodie Foster's in it. No, no, Mm-mm. nope, nope. Why would anyone watch that movie? For the redemptive quality of Mel Gibson. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Oh, Anton Yelchin was in it. He's, oh, Jennifer Lawrence was in it? That's, see, this This is what pisses me off, though, about, like, uh, God, just people who are objectively shitty, terrible people, like, still somehow get other people to be in movies or, like, put up with them on a regular basis. I don't get it. Everyone needs a redemption arc now. They don't deserve it. No. Mel Gibson doesn't deserve shit. <laughs> no. Nope. Not even a little bit. Uh, Especially, like, for that movie. Like, what is Jodie Foster just like, yeah, no, I really think, I think Mel's gonna knock this emotional moving piece out of the park and just, uh, yeah, it'd be great. If there's anything no. that Mel Gibson is known for, it's his nuanced performances. <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Like, seriously, when has Mel Gibson ever been in a movie that would make you think that him only communicating through a beaver puppet would be nuanced and emotional and redemptive? Like, The Patriot? Braveheart? Yeah. Fucking about Ransom? Conspiracy Theory? He plays a fucking crazy person. A crazy, murderous, vengeful person in every fucking movie. But... Each each character is distinctly a different shade of insane. So <laughs> that is true. The only way I'm watching the movie is if it is actually a horror movie where the beaver comes to life and ends up murdering everyone. Hello, Mel. Bend over backwards with my balls in a knot? I mean, I haven't listened to that Mel Gibson call in a long time. That's just... I assume that's the dialogue for your beaver. Yeah. (laughs) Balls in a knot. I'm Billy the beaver, and I bend over backwards with my balls in a knot. (laughs) Good God. (laughs) Yeah, but more about Craig. I can't... Would you steal the doll? I would light that doll on fire. Well, then you can't light it on fire. It'll just come back. 
No, that is how you get rid of vampires, white walkers, and pretty much anything else that needs to go away. No, I think you need to encircle it in salt, have a pentagram of sage around it, burn the sage. Uh, That's how you get rid of slugs. (laughs) Oh, right. My bad. (laughs) They hate that salt. Damn, they really do. All right, Michael, I think that's going to do it for us this week on Trends in Low Places. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking with you as always. Yes, I love it. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Well, uh, if you've loved this show as much as Michael and I have, uh, you can find out more about this. I'll post some of the videos we talked about this week on uh, the blog. You can find that at goodbuddymedia.com slash blog. You can also find us uh, and this show. Sorry. You can also find this show and our sister show, uh, The Longest Days of Our Lives, in which Michael, uh, me, and our good friend Curtis watch every episode of 24. Uh, You can find that on uh, any of your podcast apps of choice, including uh, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Podcast Addict, iTunes, of course, uh, Cast Crunch. Uh, so, you know, go ahead, follow us there, subscribe, leave us a comment, make sure to tell your friends. And, uh, Michael, how else can people help us out? Yeah, you can, uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter, um, at TILP cast, uh, or by searching trends and low places on Facebook. Um, you know, the best way to help us out is to like our post, share them with your friends. Um, you know, on all of those podcast apps, there's usually an option to, you know, give us a little favorite, a heart, a review. A thumbs up something um you know that's the best way to kind of get us to move up the charts and make us more visible to people looking for a new podcast um and so we appreciate everyone who's been doing that um if you see our posts on if you if you're listening on cast crunch and you see our posts there you know give us a thumbs up um we really appreciate all the new listeners we've been getting and uh you know we just love doing this show and so thank you to everyone for listening yeah thank you um well michael i think that'll do it for us tonight Love you, buddy. Love you, too. Toodles.